Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome back, Brewer fans. Uh, joining me today is uh, my co-host, Vince Servato. This is Craig Miller. Um, how, how's it going, everybody? Hey, Craig, how are you? And uh, do we have Scott or your chat on today? Um, they might be joining in. Uh, let's try, try to keep an eye on that waiting room here on uh, the Zoom call. I know that we've <laughs> yeah. had our friend chat sitting there for the last 90 or so episodes, but uh, we're going to try to be a little bit more cognizant <laughs> of that. But uh, Scott, Good. Scott's one is running some errands or something like that. So I'm sure I'll join at some point, but I'm not, not 100% going to guarantee well, that. Well, Craig, I, no, I, I agree. But you know what? I couldn't be more excited to do this show right now because uh, I'm excited for some Brewers baseball. We've had spring training has been uh, in full force now for, what, about three and a half, four weeks uh, at this point. And, and really exciting to see the guys out on the field again. and even seeing a few fans in the stands, uh, you know, socially distanced. And it, it certainly beats what we experienced in the 2020 season when no one was allowed to actually watch the limited number of games that are played. So um, anyways, I couldn't be more excited to be talking baseball right now here in the middle of March. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, baseball is going to be more appreciated to be, you know, 10 live this year after, you know, being away from it for a year. And and I think that the, the players themselves are really going to appreciate having them back in, in the stand. So it's a win-win all the way around and a lot of positivity and hope coming up here for a great and hopefully full 2021 season. So there was kind of some big news. I know on our last podcast, we talked about how most likely the Brewers were done signing free agents. Um, there were some whispers and we mentioned that in the last podcast, but uh, the Brewers were interested in Jackie Bradley Jr., who was a, one of the last remaining kind of top, top level free agents kind of still out there. Um, and the brewer, he ended up signing with the Brewers on a two-year deal. Or it's really like a one-year deal with a player option. $13 million for 2021 we're going to be paying him. And so he's going to defer some of that money. And uh, he's got a player option to come back next year for $11 million, which most likely I would assume he'd opt out. But depends on how he does this year. And uh, creates a little bit of logjam in our outfield. But uh, it, I think it definitely makes our team better. What, what are your thoughts on the signing and your, re- your reaction, Vince? Yeah, I love it, Craig. I, I know we talked about this a little bit in our pre-production meeting, but uh, I'm a huge fan of the signing. I think that uh, Bradley is a is a great player. He's a versatile player uh, in the sense that he plays a gold glove caliber defense and he can still uh, hit. He's not a liability, at least in the offense. He's had some really good offensive seasons with Boston before. Uh, he knows how to win. He was a part of the uh, Red Sox outstanding uh, world champion team just a few years ago in 2018. Um, so I think that that's a big plus. Uh, because you're going to be getting sort of that veteran style leadership in small accounts. Um, he's a really good guy off the field too, which uh, I think translates into leadership in the clubhouse and, and on the field. And he seems genuinely excited to be in Milwaukee. Um, so, you know, in terms of financials of the deal, I think it's kind of a win-win for both the Brewers and Bradley. Uh, it really reminds me a lot of the contract that we gave you, Manny Grandal coming into the 2019 season. Um in the sense that the Brewers are really only locked into one year, or if it is a, uh, indeed a two-year deal, um, you know, $11 million is a pretty reasonable price to pay for a guy like Bradley, uh, especially considering that a lot of this money has been deferred off the books in the 2021 season. So uh, to me, it's a real win-win. And it, yes, it does create a little bit of a log jam. I saw some comments today. I don't think it was from our colleague, Tom Wadricord, who said it, but um, I saw some comments today from 
uh, Avicel Garcia, who had talked about how he was willing to do what he needed to do, even if it was coming off the bench or working in, in his at-bats in more of a platoon situation in the outfield. But overall, I just like the move. It creates more depth. And um, I love Lorenzo Kane. But that being said, he is a guy who tends to, to get a little hobbled by injuries. So obviously, I'm hoping that Kane can still play in a ton of games. But, um, you know, if he can't, we've got a great guy in Bradley who can play center field. Or if he is in the lineup, uh, I think you'll see Bradley slide, slide over to right field. Um, you know, and, and Yelich, of course, is locked in in left field. So it's a really good outfield. And it also goes back to creating that um, not only depth, but that real defensive uh, emphasis that David Stearns seems to be doing this offseason where, uh, you know, that, that up the middle defense right now, if you've got Arcia at short and uh, Colton Wong at second base and Bradley in center field or Kane for that matter, you've got an incredible defensive uh, grouping right up the middle. Yeah. Um, I, that's a great point. I mean, our, our two biggest uh, signings and apparently the Brewers front office, you know, aren't necessarily swayed by, by signing guys where they really have no position to play at the time. Um, as you can see the last couple off seasons, but um, yeah, two Wong and Bradley are hands on our two biggest Braven signings of the off season. Um, I mean, it's strange to me that coming in the year um, coming in the off season, I should say that, you know, uh, Kane and, Euro were two of our probably three best players, including Yelich, of course, and to sign guys that play their positions are kind of strange. But um, I mean, Bradley to me is a legitimate gold glove center fielder. And like you said, um, Colton Wong, gold glove second baseman. So our defense is vastly improved and we'll just have to find a way where to get, get them in the lineup. Uh, I think Abisal Garcia's playing time and at bats will probably take a hit because of this. However, as we're seeing already, uh, Lorenzo Cain is not necessarily a pitcher of health at his age. Um, I mean, he did opt out last year for COVID reasons, but uh, he also has, you know, is known to have nagging injuries. So the depth is great. I think it really improves the team. And I think um, Jackie Bradley Jr. is left-handed. Garcia is right-handed. I think that uh, maybe there's a little bit of a soft platoon maybe there. I would say Jackie Bradley Jr. get the majority of the bats overall and possibly between the three of the, those um probably have an equal number or kind of even number of bats throughout the year. If indeed Kane misses some time, especially here at the beginning of the season, as he's going to, he's got a, currently nursing a quad injury. So I think that may have played a factor in the actual signing. Um, I know Bradley um, yeah. was kind of running out of options. Him and his agent, Bo- uh, Scott Boris, of course, uh, the notorious Scott Boris, were trying to land him a four-year deal coming in this off season and end up with settling for a one-year deal with a, player option for a second so um you know you gotta sometimes shoot for the stars so you at least hit the moon um and i think that uh <laughs> you're at the the uh landing with the brewers i think is, is a nice really for the brewers i think it's gonna end up being just a one-year deal so again this is classic for stern's front office well, um you know signing yeah. someone kind of came down in price so to speak um Kind of late in the game, late late in the off season, and a bargainish deal, and I think it's going to pay off to make the Brewers a better team. Yeah, I agree. And you know, uh, getting back to Lorenzo Cain a little bit, and you know, I and I don't blame him for his decision, but I think that you know, opting out for the 2020 season is just going to take a little time for his body to get back into shape too. You know, and I think that that was a consideration in the the Bradley signing and. Um, you know, I think it's just tough to miss an entire season at, at his age, especially. So we'll see. I, I, 
I'm confident in his talent ability to bounce back. I just think it's going to take a little while to get back into to game shape, and hopefully he's not dealing with these nagging injuries all all year. But uh, you know, we could be seeing Lorenzo have to miss a little time now and again, just partially because of his age, partially because he missed last year, and um, partially just because it's his body type too, and, and in some ways. So the the Bradley signing is great insurance for that. It's great. It's great on its own merits, even if Kane is going to play 150 games. So I think that it's just it's a good signing and. Um, it doesn't really put the Brewers in a financial hole this season at all. And it doesn't really, you know, put us in a financial hole in seasons going forward either. So like I said, at the beginning of the show, I think that it's just a, it's a win-win for, for, for both the Brewers and for Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. And, and I know I was our Garcia kind of had a off year last year. And I mean, it's tough to blame him because of, you know, the COVID season or whatever you want to call it, but uh, a lot of guys had down years and really didn't have the normal, you know, spring training and set up to get going. Uh, like a normal year. And so, uh, however, obviously Garcia is a free agent after this year too, his last year with a brewer. So I think that, it, you know, this is something that, you know, brings in competition. It looks like it's lit a fire under him, you know, to kind of battle for his playing time and his at-bats. And it's especially important for him, you know, financially for the future. He needs to have a good year this year to get paid next year. So you can see already his results in spring training. He's kind of lighting it up in uh, spring training so far. Um, so maybe this will make him better. And it just, there's no way it doesn't make the team better overall. Jackie Bradley Jr. is a phenomenal player. I mean, he's not an all-star level player, but he does have all-star level defense. He's a left-handed bat, which is nice. Um, you know, he's always had somewhat of a low average, um, his career 230-something header. But he's always had a great batting eye. He takes plenty of walks. And so his on-base mm-hmm. has always been, you know, right up there with, uh, with good, really good players. So it's tough to really, you know, he's he's really a better real life fantasy player i mean a real life baseball player than kind of like a fantasy player or something like that because he he really yeah. his defense is really phenomenal and i think he's going to make this club a lot better no he's a highlight real you know uh center fielder and he was an all-star one season i think in 2016 so he does have that in his resume as, as being an all-star and um to get back to garcia you know garcia showed up uh at camp i think he it was 20 some pounds uh, under his, his weight at the end of just last season. So that, that tells me that he is coming into camp serious, ready to play. And, and hopefully we see a kind of a bounce back year from him. I mean, both for his sake and for the Brewers, I think that, um, you know, Garcia is a guy that has the potential to hit over 20 home runs, which would be huge in this lineup. And uh, especially as we miss Ryan Braun, um, you know, going into the year. So uh, it'd be great if we could make up some of the power that we're going to lose with Braun's departure uh, or retirement, I guess, to, to Garcia getting some home runs. And, you know, unfortunately with the DH not coming to the NL this year, um, this signing almost definitively kind of slammed the door on any type of Ryan Braun reunion because there really isn't much place to play him. Um, it also might, we'll have to see how the spring training plays out, but it's going to be hard for me to believe that Dan Vogelback will make this team coming out of spring training. I mean, yeah, be strictly a bench bat, and uh, you really want some versatility from your bench. Like I don't know, be able to play at least one position in the field, <laughs> and Volga back all those guys. Some experience at first base really is not good there defensively, and um, yeah. you know Travis Shaw has some experience at first base, so I mean he'd be a legitimate backup there uh, if if Hero absolutely falls on his face or something. Yeah. But, that's an interesting battle. I, you know, Vogelbach, I could see making the team only because he does present a legitimate power threat off the bench uh, uh, late in the game. He's also a left-handed bat, and you do have some versatility already with guys like Urias, uh, who will seemingly be on the bench to start the year if Arcia is indeed the, 
starting shortstop and Shaw plays at third base. So um, I could see that Robertson's got some versatility as well. So we might have other guys who can kind of make up that versatility piece. Um, so I could see it, but you're, you're right. Vogelbach may be the odd guy out, but we'll see. I, you know, he, he, there are other guys with options that uh, perhaps will be demoted first. So it's, yeah, I've noticed in other years that Stearns and Council uh, tend to look at ways to keep guys in the fold. Um, so you'll see a lot of shuttling back and forth between, you know, Milwaukee and AAA. And I, so I, I could see us, you know, maybe starting the year with Vogelbach on the bench and then there'll be an injury and then a guy like Robertson gets called up. So who knows? It's going to be an interesting, you know, next two weeks as the roster really formalizes itself and some of these tougher decisions are made. And it should also be pointed out too, that um, I know we, we saw it partially last year, but, um, unlike in other quote unquote normal years like 2019 and before, um, the Brewers will be able to carry 26 guys this year as opposed to the 25 um, that they had carried in, in years previous to 2020. So uh, something to keep in mind as well as we talk about these. Bench yeah, battles. I was just going to mention that. So great point, Vince. Um, that that it's still likely, I think, that we'd carry at least 13 pitchers because, uh, you know, the one thing that's going to be really different in MLB throughout this entire year is. Um, there's no pitcher that threw, you know, over like 60 or 80 innings last year in the, in the major leagues. So, um, or so, um, so basically, you know, in a normal year, most starting pitchers throw 150 to 200 innings. So, you know, having yeah. them go increase their innings, their usage that much is it's going to be kind of tough and taxing on their arms, so to speak. So I think a lot of people yep. shuttle in several different players in their like number four and five starting spots and possibly even. Uh, think about using six man rotations instead of five just to limit the number of arms, and especially those teams like the Dodgers, for example, that are almost like guaranteed to make the playoffs. They've got like a deep, you know, starting, like they've literally got six to eight guys that they can throw out there anytime. And they'll probably spread that out throughout the year to kind of keep them fresh for the playoffs, so to speak, some of their, their lead horses, so to speak. Yeah. So I don't know. The Brewers have that luxury, yeah. but, um, what I was going to say is, has anyone kind of caught your eye or impressed you in spring training when you've been looking at either looking at the box scores or seeing a little bit of the footage down there in uh, sunny Arizona for the Brewers spring training here for, for the first week? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, first to your other point, yes, on the starting pitchers. And I think the leader in innings pitch last year was Lance Lynn with 84, which, you know, is crazy. But um, but anyways, uh, yes, Bryce, Bryce Terang, I think, is definitely impressive. Uh, I don't think that he's going to make the team, but I think that he's really – stood out and perhaps he's developing some of that power that we've been talking about for a couple of years as being, you know, kind of the big hole in his game. He's a great defender. He's uh, a guy who can make contact with the ball. He can, he can swing, but you know, he didn't have much power and he is showing some flashes of that this spring. So maybe he's, he's found something or the Brewers have been working with him or, or he's just beefed up and kind of matured into his body. Um, so I would say Terang. And then the other guy is our number one draft pick last year. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, I think that he's been outstanding uh, this spring and really been impressive. So, uh, again, two guys that are not going to make the team uh, right out of the gate, at least, but um, really promising to see some of the Brewers' uh, top prospects who are performing um, well against uh, big league competition in spring training. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we mentioned on our last podcast, but another young arm that really impressed me in his couple of innings of work is yeah, uh, Aaron, Aaron Ashby. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, he I meant unbelievable curveball, and, and he's striking guys out left or right. Um, and you, you're right about Garrett Mitchell. He definitely looks like he belongs. He'll belong in the majors one day. So that was a great pick for the Brewers last uh, year in, in the first round of the draft. Um, I guess a couple of other observations that are, aren't so positive. I, I know 
and one thing, and this is probably, I've been doing this, uh, trying, I, I sometimes struggle to pronounce uh, Louis Urias's um, last name. And of course, the, uh, the Spanish uh, pronunciation of it is, is Urias. So um, yeah, the, he's really struggled. I, I mean, now he's, he's also come up with an injury. Um, and on top of that, the other ha half of that trade from last year, Eric Lauer has looked absolutely atrocious so far in the spring. Yeah. Again, such a limited number of innings or whatnot, but these guys really need to step up in order for us not to really look like we got fleeced in that trade because I mean, I know. turn that trade into their starting leadoff. I mean, they're a contending team this year and they've got Trent Grisham as their leadoff hitter with power and speed and on-base skills. And then they, they, they basically flipped, um, Zach Davies and turn that into you Darvish. Uh, obviously they had to give up a little bit more, but basically it looks like they're definitely heavily favored on uh, fleecing us in that trade, but I still hold out plenty of hope, especially for Urias to, you know, come through and become an everyday player for the Brewers at shortstop or third base starting this year. So I hope he can stay healthy and get the, get the bat on track because we really need some contributions from him. And like you said, with, yeah. In the need of starting pitching depth at the major league level this year, I think Eric Lauer will get some innings, and we're going to need him to, you know, throw some good innings for this, this well, year and solidify himself as a major leaguer. And so far, I don't think he's really done that. No, I agree. And one other guy in that trade was Eric Yardley, and I think that Yardley really proved himself to me, at least, uh, coming out of the bullpen last year. I thought that he looked uh, outstanding. So, you know, I don't know what his spring numbers look like, quite frankly, because the interns dropped the ball, and I. I've not seen his uh, spring training numbers and I, I don't put the, a ton of stock in the spring numbers either. Cause you've always got pitchers that are working on stuff and you know, it's just kind of a weird time. So, um, but I, I do like Yardley quite a bit. I don't think he's going to be like the make or break guy that wins or loses the trade for us necessarily. But um, you know, in 24 games last year, he threw uh, for a, a 1.54 ERA. And um, you know, I, I just think that even though it was only 23 or a little over 23 innings pitched that, that's a good sign of what we can expect from Yardley going forward. I, so I think that he's kind of a, an understated piece of that trade. And I think that he's going to pay dividends for the Brewers this year coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, very well could be, like you said, a great year last year. I'm a little skeptical. Like he's already over 30 as a reliever um, and really hasn't had much of a track record of MLB success, but, but I, but like I said, I, he, I think he fits the Brewers well and especially as a middle reliever, a little bit um, further away from the back end of the bullpens. But yeah, I really, obviously, I think we have really strong bullpen, um, one of the best in the league, um, especially with the, with the top of it with Hader and Williams. So I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, Devin Williams also has been not healthy, not in full health this spring or whatever. And I know that we actually lost him for our short playoff series with the Dodgers last year uh, because of um, an arm issue and uh, a little bit concerning to me. I really hope that he, we really need him to step up and, you know, perform like he did as a rookie of the year last year for a full season, because that that'll, you know, give us not only make us have a great bullpen, but also potentially allow us to um, consider trading Hater at some point, if not during the season or the next off season or whatnot, if that's the route we're going to go. But more than that, yeah, I think and when, when, focus on making us contenders for this year, because I think the Brewers still have a, one of the best rosters in the NL Central. No, I tend to agree, and that that back end of the bullpen is so important. You know, when you've got Yard, uh, Yardley, uh, when you've got uh, Williams and and Hader in your eighth and ninth inning roles, that's a really dynamic one-two combo for for at least this season until we would trade, you know, Hader. And 
um, it really brings back memories of you know that 2011 team uh, when the Brewers had such a strong back end of the bullpen and won over 90 games when you know it was Axford at, at the peak of of you know his success and Francisco Rodriguez, a former multi-time All-Star closer, at the eighth inning role, and uh, guys like Latroy Hawkins in the seventh, and it was just like you know if a if a starting pitcher who could go five or six innings, you knew that he was going to hand it over to a group of guys that could handle it, Takashi Saito. And um, anyways, it was, it, it's kind of reminding me of that. If we can really find one more uh, very solid piece in that bullpen and a couple of these guys in, in kind of that long roll, I think that we're, we're right up there with the best teams in, in baseball uh, in terms of bullpens at least. And I, I'm very excited to see what uh, hopefully Devin Williams can do over the course of a full season. So it'll be really exciting. And, of course, if Frey Peralta is a member of that bullpen, it makes it just that much stronger. However, uh, as we mentioned in our last podcast, oh, he, he has been yeah. kind of being stretched out, so to speak, and throwing multiple innings. And, again, this is probably, for many reasons, it might have been the Brewers' plan all along, but also with the need of more starting pitchers this year than, than last, for sure. Um, I, I think that he's a logical choice to fill one of those spots. Um, and he's been absolutely phenomenal uh, this spring. Yeah. Actually, just today – just today against the Royals and two, two thirds innings pitch, he struck out seven batters, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So, yep. Yeah, you don't see lines that uh, the bullpen like that too often. Um, but if well, he could be a forget, starter, Craig, he, people he, he, for, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Craig, people forget how young Peralta is. And, you know, he was still in the process of developing as a pitcher uh, when he was first called up to Milwaukee you know, several seasons ago. So when I think about a guy like Peralta, I think of someone who we've watched grow and as he's developing his talent and, and he's developing and working on new pitches and uh, adding to that repertoire and that fastball and that is just, it's unbelievable. And um, I don't know when I, when I think about Peralta, I think of him as a starter. I know he can succeed in the bullpen, but uh, I'd love to see what he could do over the course of a full season in the starting rotation. And he is only 24 as of right now. So again, a lot, a lot of 24 year olds are, first making their major league debut and the ones get drafted out of college and spend a couple of years in the minor leagues. And, you know, they're first hitting the show and, and, and Freddie's got a number of years of big leagues experience already, which is really invaluable. So uh, both in the bullpen and as a starter, and if he can put it all together, his upside is just really through the roof as far as, you know, comparing to them to some of our other pitchers, obviously like even Lauer or Hauser or definitely Lindblom hit. I mean, those guys have very limited, in my opinion, kind of more back to the yep. little type upsides where I think Freddie, if he puts it all together, could be in like a number two or possibly borderline ace kind of, and I'm expecting him to kind of take off like Burns did last year. If you guys remember correctly in 2019, you know, Carbon Burns was absolutely horrible. I think his area was over nine or eight or something and could give up home runs left or right or whatever. And he was really just kind of working on his uh, pitch mix at the major league level still. Um, and was really getting burned, but last year his ERA was like one point something. So, I mean, that's probably the biggest one-year improvement uh, I've seen almost ever. But I'm expecting something pretty awesome out of Freddie this year, and he was, you know, awesome out of the bullpen last year as well. So, that might be the best role well, for him. But I think we should give him a shot, definitely in the rotation first. I do too, just because of his age and um, our speaking of uh, you know kind of the trifecta of, of Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, our um, anonymous source Tom Carter has said that he thinks that there will be a Brewers pitcher who wins the Cy Young Award sometime in the next four seasons. Oh wow! Well, our, you know he likes to go by just TC, 
That way we won't know. No one will know that we're talking. Why? About why? Why? Why is that? Why do we have to call him TC instead of Tom Carter? Yeah, and he's not, says don't say anonymous either. He said you can call him TC, but that's not either his first and or last name because otherwise people would maybe look him up and find out where we're getting this information. He's worried about his job and yeah, yeah, whatever. Thanks, Tom, for well, listening like in and it's, also giving. Yeah, it's not like they would know that he works at the Brewers because the Brewers don't even print off their media guides anymore. So it's not like they'll see a picture of Tom Carter in the media guide or something. It'll, so whatever. Okay, sorry, Tom. Yeah, that is sad. No more media guides. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how we're going to get our news. We'll have to scour the internet for it, I guess. It's kind of sad. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, we're going to have a couple of very special podcasts coming up for you in the next couple of weeks. So I hope you stay tuned. Um, I'm not going to kind of give them away yet, but definitely stay tuned to, the, to our our feed. Um, Scott Bartow will be back. Uh, and we have some other great men to join us for some interviews. And uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to the season. And at some point in the next month also, we'll have, of course, our season preview with some predictions. Um, but definitely kind of getting excited about this year. I, I was kind of, some wind was taken out of our sails when, you know, Cardinals traded for Nolan Arenado and hardly gave up anything to get him. But I really feel that the Brewers have better overall pitching staff and um, you know, they have made improvements their offense with Bradley and Wong enough to, I think, be very competitive for the NL Central. And I feel the Cubs have got worse. The Reds have got worse. The Pirates are still like guaranteed last place almost with their current roster. And they even sold off some more of their players even this offseason. So I really think it's going to be a kind of a two-horse race. But we'll, we'll get more into our predictions, like I said, this month. Um, but for the, as far as the rest of the NL goes, I think it's going to be very tough to get either wild card spots. And I think the, the road to the playoffs, the Brewers definitely goes through the NL Central uh, champion uh, well, championship. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree completely. And one thing I wanted to mention before we uh, end our podcast here today is uh, the announcement from the Brewers that the city of Milwaukee has actually approved a 25% uh, in-person fan attendance uh, to start the 2021 season. And, and I know that the Brewers had put in for uh, 35%. Uh, the city came back with 25%. And I, I, I'm sure that um, the Brewers had to prove that they're going to, you know, open things up in a, in a, in a health conscious sort of way so that, you know, fans can go to the games without expecting that they're going to, you know, run into situations that they're not comfortable with. But, um, you know, per- I, I can speak for myself personally, at least, and say that I'm pretty excited to say that or to see that there's going to be uh, fans in the stands for 2021. And yes, 25% capacity is not great, but at the same time, at least it's something. And, um, you know, we can look forward to at some point, hopefully getting together for, for a game uh, sometime after everybody's vaccinated, at least. Yeah, I think that'll, like I said, it'll be just, a great great feeling to have fans back in the stands and and i really feel that by the end of this season uh toward the end of the season they'll they'll, they'll be able to increase that number even more so and people feel more and more comfortable um definitely know, and, and they do have an advantage over some of the other sports especially you know indoor sports like basketball where it's since it's outdoors you know there's there's a little bit less you know there's more ventilation obviously um and uh, you know for the summer months at miller park i'm sure they'll have the roof open as much as possible um and yeah, I really, I really think that this is gonna gonna work out for the city of Milwaukee and for the Brewers and everyone going forward. And um, I gotta give Mar- our owner Mark Antonasio credit here because I think he really spent more than I even expected to him on free agents this off season after really taking taking one on the chin financially last year, like most other people in baseball. But 
you know, instead of really drastically reducing our, our payroll, he's, you know, kept it pretty respectable. And I think it's going to, it's going to allow us to be contenders again uh, in 2021. So kudos to Mark. Yeah, no, it's exciting. I can't wait to, uh, to get fully vaccinated and, and, and get to some games with, uh, with you and Chad and Scotty at some point uh, in Milwaukee, hopefully this summer. And, you know, my guess to your point is that, you know, they are, they are going to expand that 25% to maybe 35% in May. I mean, as a country, I think in the U.S. on Saturday of this, just this past weekend, there were 2.1 million vaccines administered. So, you know, as these things get out and more and more people are able to get vaccinated, obviously you can make, you know, different different personal decisions uh, at that point once you're vaccinated and able to, to go out to places. So very excited for, you know, for you guys and, and myself to to be able to do that and do it safely. So it'll be great. I cannot wait to get to a, to a game and hopefully we can actually tailgate sometime this, this summer at the stadium as well. I, I know that they announced that that will not be allowed uh, at least in April, but um, my guess is we see that change too at some point in May or June. So very, very excited about that. Yeah, and I'm hoping that you get get out there to the new Globe Life Park uh, in down there in, um, yeah. in Texas. And I, I know the Brewers end spring training with a pair of games there, so I'm hoping you're able to see the Brewer crew uh, in person during those games. I am too. We're um, you know we're we're on track. Uh, you know we were Texas was was pretty early on in being able to roll out vaccines, so we were. Um, able to at least get our vaccine now. And I think that, um, you know, my, my personal take on all this is that, you know, I, I, pro- I would not go until vaccinated, just too many people, but um, you know, when that kicks in and we're, we're excited to go. So I'm, I'm excited to do that. And um, yeah, there's very few restrictions, which <laughs> can be debated whether that's good or bad. But uh, my hope is, is that because vaccinations have been really plentiful or at least more plentiful in Texas than they are in uh, other states currently that, um, you know, hopefully people make smart decisions and, and, and go when they're vaccinated. But um, that's certainly my position on it is that, you know, after being vaccinated, I'm, I'm really, really excited to get to a baseball game. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, fans, thanks for listening in. Like, again, we apologize for not being able to provide Scotty for you guys all. I know that you usually makes the podcast, but he will be back next, next podcast. I surely hope so. I'll be done running his errands by then. And, bring the great man back on uh, you know for the podcast yeah, so in, in the meantime yeah, you can interact sure. with him on, on twitter uh, brew crew review one on twitter or uh send us an email brew crew review podcast with an s at gmail.com scott and his uh interns i know check it frequently absolutely so all right well stay classy wisconsin and let's go brewers let's go brewers do 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 Nice, Craig. That was good. Yeah.